Success, it has been said, is not the absence of failure, but going from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. This podcast was created to discuss the correlation between short-term failures and future success by those who have pushed themselves to become real powerhouses. Michael Jordan said, to learn to succeed, you must first learn to fail. And Mike Tyson said, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but nonetheless doing it like you love it. On this podcast, we celebrate those who were not afraid to fail by taking disciplined action on their path to success. My name is BJ Gramillion, and I am the host of the Real Powerhouse Podcast. I am someone who was very familiar with failure and am fascinated by others' imperfect journey to success. Welcome to the Real Powerhouse Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? I have been itching to get back on to do part two of the market prediction that I sent out a couple of weeks ago for 2024. And uh, reason being is the last two weeks have been absolute chaos, I guess you could say, but it's been in a, in a very good way. So um, I wanted to jump on and just add a lot more context to uh, what I provided for my 2024 um predictions and it's it's interesting because it's it's more or less just confirmation bias uh that i've heard now from several different uh people that i trust in the industry have come out and and talked about next year obviously it's a hot topic you know if you turn on the news you're going to hear about it and and all those things but um there is a ton of information that i'm going to be given to you guys and it's all just been like it feels like it just keeps uh, building up, building up more and more. And so I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? I just need to get on, uh, share with everyone, uh, what's going on. Um, I'm taking, I went to a, uh, the collective genius, the mastermind that I'm a part of was this week. And so anytime that I participate in that mastermind, I always come away super excited, motivated, um, and just equipped with so much more knowledge about what's going on. Cause they bring in people that are, you know, industry leaders, uh, in, in this theme for the most recent, uh, collective genius meeting was really just on the economy. It was talking about what's going to happen, obviously, for next year. And I, and I'm sure I, you know, I talked to my wife and, uh, she's like, look, you've been really talking about the market a lot, you know, uh, and she's kind of hinting towards, okay, it's, it's almost overkill. Um, and I'm with her. Like, I get it. And I'm sure there's many people that, are probably thinking the same thing that follow me. They're like, why do you keep talking about the market so much? And and I think the biggest reason is because honestly, that's my job. Um, we are here to uh, be forward thinking. Like when you invest, you want to be able to have some form of prediction, right? Like is this, for example, if you're going to buy a stock, you want to look at the run rate. Does it have potential for growth? Is it going to be a good investment? Is it going to withstand the test of time? Those are the things that you look for. And so similar to like a stockbroker, that's where I'm at in the real estate industry. Um, I work with a lot of investors uh, that really trust us to you know, help them to make good decisions about their investment properties. And so um, we don't take that trust lightly. And so I spend about two hours every day uh, just reading and uh, listening and learning from others and, and trying to figure out where's the puck headed towards right so the Wayne Gretzky right he talks about you know don't don't skate where the puck is go to where it's heading to um and then you'll be in a good position and so that is exactly what you need to be doing whenever you invest in anything especially in real estate you want to make sure that uh 
that you're investing in the right areas, that uh, timing is right, demographics are right, um, you know, location, 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 all of those things that, you know, I'm sure everyone hears about. Um, that's, that's all great. But then the application is where people can really falter or succeed. So um, I'm excited, you guys. I, I, I'm sure you probably have picked up just by the tone of my voice, but I, uh, Christmas came early. And it came in the form of the Fed, believe it or not. So last year, they were the Grinch. They were the people that just made life miserable. Going into 2023, nobody was excited. Um, we all knew that it was going to be a tough, tough sledding for sure. Just a difficult market that we're heading into. And there wasn't a whole lot of optimism. Everyone was predicting a recession. And there was just concern about you know, where things are going to head. And, and so what interest, what was, I think surprising to about 99% of all of the uh, pundits out there, you know, and, and all of the economists and everyone, everybody predicted a recession would occur in 2023. Um, and the fact that didn't happen surprised just about everyone. And the fact that there could be this soft landing everyone has heard about a million times uh, it could happen is now actually becoming a, a very good possibility. And so um, going into 2024, it could not be any different than it was last year as far as optimism in the market. So um, I'm going to dive into what has me excited for next year and um, what I think if you're considering buying a home or transacting in real estate in any way, shape or form, whether it's for yourself or as an investment, um, this is going to apply both nationwide as well as, you know, local markets. Um, and I will just, I guess, preface this by saying that it's important to understand that real estate is local. And so, um, what I say, uh, may not apply to your market, right? If you're in Vegas versus Massachusetts versus, you know, Washington versus, um, Arizona, they're all very different markets. And so um, they're going to behave a little bit differently in each one of those markets. Um, so just understand that. But um, what I'm going to be talking about will actually apply, you know, uh, for the majority of America. And so, um, yeah, I want to get into all the details behind my prediction. And for those of you that did not get to hear the 2024 prediction that I sent out a couple of weeks ago, um, maybe it was premature, but it's, it's funny. I sent it out. Um, and, uh, usually I want to wait until, you know, maybe a week or two before Christmas, just in case anything else occurs in 2023, probably should have done that in this, uh, example, because the, the things that occurred, they actually confirmed everything that I predicted would happen before this actually did occur. Um, it just, it was confirmation of everything that I was saying. Um, and so that, that part's exciting, but, um, it, it just happened a lot faster than, than I thought that it would. Um, so I will say that. Um, so most of the information that I share with you guys is going to come from several resources. Um, none of this is like coming from me, right? Like I, I get all my information from different sources, but, uh, um, and the, the research comes from Altos Research, Mike Simonson. Um, it comes from Logan Motoshami, who was with Housing Wire. Um, and then, uh, we recently got to listen to Barry Habib at the collective genius. And, uh, he has, uh, it's funny. You look at his track record and it's just phenomenal when it comes to predictions. There's, there's really no one better in the industry, uh, than Barry is. And in fact, he showed his predictions over the last three years. Um, and they, they were all just spot on. Um, so, 
I guess spoiler report, I, I said, or spoiler alert, I said uh, for my prediction that uh, uh, housing would increase in 2024 that uh, prices would would continue to rise and they would keep up with inflation so i i said between three and four percent is is where i see it and interestingly enough barry came out and he thinks that uh his magic number is 4.7 percent he thinks that nationally home prices will go up 4.7 percent and so I'm going to get into where they come up with those numbers. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, he just pulled that out of his you know, hat. That is not the case in this. We're going to show you all the data behind it. And this might, for those of you that maybe are not interested in the housing market, this will bore you. So you might want to turn it off now. Those of you that are actually really interested to know uh, the why behind the market, why home prices are where they're at, why they will continue to grow, uh, what's going to go on with mortgage rates, all those questions. If you're curious about those things in the next 20, 25 minutes, I'm going to explain all of that to you, hopefully in a way that makes perfect sense. And then again, uh, could be wrong, but I love this stuff. I love to make predictions. Um, I'm okay. You know, if I'm wrong, I mean, look at, I think every economist for, like I said, in 2023 was completely dead wrong. Uh, it happens, but, um, I actually think housing, uh, for those of us that just stick to this segment of the market and only focus on housing, it is very, very different than stocks, right? I think the stock market is so different. So if you ever, don't ever listen to people that are, uh, on TV that are, you know, really good with the stock market with their, their housing predictions are abysmal. Just don't listen to them. They just don't understand how the market works. Um, it's a different beast, right? I don't understand the stock market as well as I do. So, um, you know, it's just, we don't have time to master everything. So just that's, I guess, uh, to, to preface everything. Um, okay. So, um, I don't know if you guys have heard, um, if you haven't, you probably live under a rock. Uh, the Fed came out and announced that they were done with the rate hikes. 18 months after they did the most aggressive rate hikes um, in like the last 50 years, uh, they finally have waved the white flag. We are done. We are through with it. Hallelujah. We could not be more excited, but they finally woke up and said, okay, we're done. We're not raising rates anymore. Um, but even a few weeks ago, they were trying to play tough and say, oh, we might do it. I might do it. No, it's done. Out. Uh, it's, it's cooked. So yes, we are done with the Fed rate hikes. Um, so what does that mean for the market? Well, right after that announcement, the market responded with a massive rally in stocks. The bonds went crazy as well. So then the mortgage rates actually went down like 0.3% in a day. It was huge. And that's coming off of it's already come down about a full interest point, a, a full, you know, from like 8.2% down to like 7.2. That happened, put us just below 7%. And so obviously it's going to fluctuate, but the market loved what they heard. And so, um, that's a really big deal. It's just interesting because the Fed is like, you know, that person that's always late, like perpetually always late, like they're never on time. That is the Fed, right? So just, just know that, that they've never been able to be ahead of the curve ever. Um, every time they're going to be late to the party. So, you know, 
take quantitative easing, for example, with, you know, what they did after COVID, they dropped the rates, you know, they did all this aggressive printing of money and all these kind of things with the treasury. Um, and they kept on doing it when the housing market was literally on fire. It was, it could not get any hotter and mortgage rates were at zero. So what on earth, like, were they thinking, you know, I understand in the beginning, sure, that would help spur the economy, but of course they waited about 18 months too long and they caused inflation. It's their fault. Um, so they caused this massive issue, right? And then they're like, oh, well, I guess we should do something about it. So let's overcorrect and jack up rates as fast as we can. So they did that. And then really they should have been done in July. Um, they, they should have, that, that was because the economy, it doesn't just happen overnight where interest rates go up and all of a sudden we hit a recession or things go down. It takes sometimes a year for this, for things to occur. And so in this situation, they really should have just waited to see what impact the interest rate increases were going to do. But of course, no, they just kept going and going and talking super hawkish. And even, you know, it was about a month and a half ago or a month ago where they, where they again started talking very hawkish and saying that we're going to keep interest rates high for longer. And immediately the bond market responded and it was a bloodbath. That's when rates bumped all the way up to 8%, which was a complete bonehead decision by the Fed. They botched it, completely botched it. And then, of course, after that happened, they were like, whoa, 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 what happened? And it's, it's like, hey, look, it's because you guys told everyone that you wanted to be very hawkish with the market and, and with the interest rates and you didn't want to come down. So they called your bluff. And, uh, and so, yeah, that caught them by surprise. And so since that occurred, now they've been talking real soft. And so uh, they came out and said, okay, we're done. And now it's all about when are the rate cuts going to happen? And so that's going to be the exciting thing for everyone to watch. So this Barry Habib uh, gentleman that he's on, you know, TV, uh, you'll see him on NBC and I don't know, uh, some different channels. So uh, smart guy, but um, anyways, talking with him, <clears throat> he he thinks that the um, the highest probability of rate cuts will most likely occur in May of next year, of 2024. So, you know, the minute that that starts happening, again, you're going to see the mortgage rates drop. And so um, he also predicted a recession uh, would occur, and, and I would have to agree with him. Uh, something that I found interesting with, with his uh, um, analysis of the market was he said, look, every single recession occurs when unemployment is at all-time lows. And so where are we at right now? Um, you know, we hit all-time lows. It was like 3.4% or something like that. Um, now it's right around 3.7, 3.9%. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm sure that we're right on the doorstep of a recession. But here's the thing. Everyone freaks out. Oh, recession, recession, recession. Everyone like doesn't know like what to do. They all are freaking out. Like and it's been a long time since we've been in, in a, uh, a global recession. So a lot of people are worried about that. But just think about it. You know, like the, the overall marketplace, job marketplace, there's 167 million people, right? And so that are in the job force. So, you know, high unemployment's in the fives and in the 5% range. And so <clears throat> a fraction... <clears throat> of those people are going to be uh, unemployed, right? A very small percentage. The majority, overwhelming majority of people are still working, still have jobs. Things still move on. Recessions are at the end of the world. They're a correction um, and corrections are good. Uh, so it's just important to understand that. Now, 
when recessions occur, when unemployment goes up for the housing market, it's a good thing uh, as far as mortgage rates go. Because every single time, go back 80 years, when a recession hits, mortgage rates tank. They go way down. So that's going to help out with affordability. So just keep that in mind that it's going to be a double-edged sword. So yes, there might be a recession or probably will be one in 2024. Here's the thing that a lot of people I don't think know though, the existing home market, uh, you know, for existing homes, they have been, that market's been in a recession for like 18 months. And, and so it's crazy to me that so many people are like, well, that can't be the case because home prices are so high. And so it's important to understand that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about volume. So when interest rates were, you know, went double or triple what they were before, um, that had a massive impact on real estate disproportionately than any other industry. Real estate was just destroyed. We were hammered. It basically put us in a gridlock. It put us in a situation where inventory, you know, tanked. And then, cause when interest rates go up, inventory is actually going down, which the Fed thought it would be the opposite. It's not the case. Again, housing is different. They need to understand that. Um, because who's going to go sell their home just so that they can go buy a home that's twice the cost, twice the payment, higher their interest rate, all that stuff. No one's going to just sell because they're panicking, right? Like, and that's what I think they assume would happen. It doesn't work that way. So again, I don't think the Fed really understood the housing market. I don't think they understood the ramifications of what was going to occur. But yeah, I mean, it's been a recession this entire time. Now, it's definitely hit the low point um, because now that mortgage rates are going to start coming back down, I think we're going to see a pretty strong rebound and... uh I'm here for it. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm just hoping for volume. Like it would just be, you know, super helpful just to get some more homes on the market. Um, and so, yeah, the other thing that I wanted to mention um, is uh, let me, let me get to my notes here. Yeah, this was interesting. Okay. Uh, Barry Habib, he, he pulled up a chart and he, and he showed over the last, uh, let's see, 81 years since they've been tracking this uh, information for the housing market. Last 81 years, the home market is 75 and six, right? So we said, don't bet against the champ. The champ in investment world is real estate. 75 and six. I mean, 75 positive uh, annual years, six negative. One of those was basically 0.1% uh, percent, uh, negative, right? So you can call that flat. So it could be, you know, 76 one, or five and one. Um, so that's, that's crazy, right? So it's interesting to see like the, the, the housing market, uh, historically is one of the best bets to place your money in ever. Right. And so you look at, um, I don't know if you, you guys have seen this or know about this, but, uh, Warren Buffett is, is, uh, increasing his, uh, shares in, residential real estate. He's, he's purchased a brokerage, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, like they, um, they're very involved in the housing market. Um, I'm sure everyone knows about, you know, BlackRock, um, their hedge fund, uh, that pretty much dominates the world. They are heavily into real estate right now, trying to acquire as much as they can. You look at, um, Jeff Bezos with Amazon. They now, he funded a company 
where he's put hundreds of millions of dollars into this company where they're essentially trying to to buy homes and sell them in shares to people like a hundred dollar a share for them so they understand what we've known for a very long time that the housing market is is your best bet if you want to place your money anywhere the housing market is where you want to be long term and so um obviously that has congress nervous and a lot of people are scared about that and so there's probably going to be some legislation. We'll see how that pans out because, you know, they don't want the Wall Street to own all the homes as well. So that is a concern. Just so everyone knows, I, I saw some stat that, you know, they someone's in the media said 44% of home sales last year were from hedge funds and corporations. And that's completely false, by the way. Like there's so much data that we can look at and um, it's more like 2%. So it's like beyond uh wrong right like completely false so i think a lot of people are nervous about that but they're also inflating it significantly because the media is just pumping in that fear of course right that's what sells um it's interesting barry habib he actually is in that you know tv industry so he he actually pulled up a screen and showed there's a lady that's on the news and and uh since 2014 she has been predicting a market crash in in housing and so every single year she's been telling people not to buy that's another bubble that's going to crash it's going to be 50% worse than 2000 you know 6 and all these things all these things that will grab headlines because the important thing to understand with the media is they are not there to tell the truth that's not their job and and i think that's where people get in trouble and i think that people are catching on more and more but the media is not there to tell the truth they're there to sell right they're there to make money and they know that they make money by firing up that amygdala in your brain, causing panic, fear. That's what gets you glued to the TV. That's what has you staying glued and listening and, and hanging on every word and getting worked up and coming back for more and more and more because you just are just nervous. So um, just keep that in mind. It was interesting. He said every single year she's been predicting it and she's still on TV because her ratings are through the roof. So clearly it's working for the corporation, the media corporation. Um, but if anyone's been listening to any of her advice, they've lost out on millions of dollars. Uh, so just some interesting uh, tidbits there. So uh, another thing that I uh, was looking at with with the data and the reason why I, I talked about 2024 um, being a really good year for real estate and actually home prices increasing. Um, if you're like me, you hate lines, right? Like if I go to Disneyland, my biggest fear was I do not want to have to sit in line. Like that is just the worst thing ever to me, right? Like I hate lines. I hate competition. Um, I, I enjoy being the only person that's bidding on a property. Uh, that's why the auctions were difficult because there were so many people bidding on it and it's frustrating to get bid up. So if you hate lines, buy now. And I'm going to repeat that because I think it needs to sink in because people right now are all saying, I'm going to wait. I want to see what happens with the market. I'm going to see if interest rates go down a little bit more. I'm going to see if things have stabilized. Well, guess who else is saying that exact same thing? 99 out of 100 people right now are saying those exact words. So just know that by the time you feel confident that the market is in a good position, that it's going to grow, that it's a good time to buy, the interest rates are down, you are now going to be in a 2021 situation, bidding against 20 people all above asking price, 
cash buyers will beat you out every single time. We're going to get right back to that. So just take it from me right now. If you don't learn anything else, if you're looking at buying a home and you want to get into an investment property or anything in real estate, if you're, if you are a buyer, buy now. 7% interest rates are your best friend. It's keeping the majority of people away uh, from competing against you. So take advantage of that. Everyone is fearful because you know they want safety. They don't want to make a dumb decision. So they're going to wait. And that's how it's always been, right? So there's, it's the few people that are willing to to actually read the data, understand, no, this is going to actually take off. I need to get in it now. Um, those are the people that are going to win. And uh, they'll just refinance when the rates go down 1%, 2%, whatever. Um, they've locked in, worst case scenario, they've already locked in at 7% interest rate. Well, they got that home at a massive discount compared to where it's going to be at the end of 2024, 2025. And then they just refinance. When the rates come down and there's a recession, perfect. Just refinance down to 5%. Um, there goes your payment, much lower. So your cap, like you're, you're in there, like you've already qualified at the higher rate. That's what you need to be doing right now. So um, if you learn anything, I'm telling you, and I've been telling people this now since you know we're in the Chattanooga market, we have been buying homes steadily this entire year. But in the last two months, this is the time seasonality kicks in. Very few people are buying right now. We are one of the few people that are still buying properties as much as we possibly can when it makes sense. We're being disciplined about it. We still only buy what makes sense in pencils. Um, but there's very little competition. So this is a great time for us. We enjoy buying right now. Um, it, we all understand though, that's going to pick up like crazy and it's going to get more competitive. So um, hopefully that sinks in, you know, for everyone. So another thing that is important to understand is that demographics are destiny. Demographics are destiny. So look at 2008. 2008, there were 301 million people in the United States. And there was 4 million active homes in inventory. Okay. Compare that to 2023. There are now 335 million people in the US and there are 1.15 million homes. There are a third, or sorry, a quarter of the amount of homes uh, that are in active inventory now, but with 30 million more people. So do the math on that and tell me that we're heading to a huge home crash like 2008. It will not happen. Here's the other thing that's important to understand with that. We are at peak levels right now in demographics for people turning 33 years old. Why is that an important number? Because that is the typical age of a first-time home buyer that where their active income has gotten to a point where they can afford the down payment on a home and they have household formation. They're married, they have kids. So they need to move out of mom and dad's house, whatever the case may be, they need to go buy a home. So that number, the amount of births uh, at, that took place over the last you know 30 years have actually been increasing over time, believe it or not. In the United States, that's our friend. That's a good thing. Like It's good for people to have kids, believe it or not. Like I think for a while, everyone was freaking out that we'd run out of room on, on earth for all the people. Uh, but turns out that was a horrible idea because, I mean, just look at uh, China, right? So <clears throat> they're going to be a world of hurt. America has 
a fresh batch of, you know, young buyers that are coming into the market. And so we have the largest wave of those new home buyers coming and hitting the market over the next three years. At the same time that construction starts and finishes are at, it's almost completely inverted. If you look at the chart for housing finishes in 2008, versus the amount of housing formations uh compared to now 2023 it's inverted like there's there's not enough homes being built for the number of uh new home buyers that are hitting the market and people we've talked about this are not selling their home on top of that so a lot of times uh sellers become buyers well that hasn't been the case because interest rates were so low that what people were doing was you know they were buying a home for three percent interest rate they could go then buy another home if we had like for example us we wouldn't uh we kept our three percent mortgage rate i never want to get rid of that rate and so when we moved we kept that home as a rental came out here bought another home well that just took another home off the market and that's not going to hit the market again uh because it's a rental now and so the problem is only getting worse so everyone has been asking and this is what's bothered me for years now and really just this past year has really gotten under my skin I, I i can't stand it anymore when i see this uh and i'm seeing a little bit less of it which has been nice but it drives me crazy everyone keeps asking okay when are home prices going down when do you think the home crash is going to occur when do you think it's going to like these home prices will become affordable again that's a stupid question i'm like can i just tell you all that you need to stop asking that question because it's not happening. Home prices aren't going down. Um, it, and, and so it's just important. Like, let's just come to grips with reality. Okay. Even if a recession hits, uh, with just the demographics and you look at all of the data that I just shared with you, just supply and demand. That's been, that's like economics 101 people. You know, even I understand that. And I had a 2.7 GPA. All right. I'm not the smartest guy uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Even I understood that principle and the third grader understands this principle. So why can't everyone else just understand that that's not going to occur? Uh, all the doomsdayers that said, oh, there's shadow inventory, right? Like there's these homes that are magically going to just all hit the market. Everyone's going to foreclose on foreclosures are not happening nearly as much because the banks learned their lesson. They are not just going to dump an asset. They're going to work with people. Those people that are behind on their payments, guess what? They are sitting on a ton of equity. They are not going to just foreclose and walk away from the home like they did in 2008. They're going to work with people. They're still going to, even if they have to sell, if they're forced to sell, there's still equity in the, the property. So all of that leads us to say, okay, uh, it's going to be a very strong market in 2024. And I really do think that more than ever, that it's 2024 is going to be very similar in a lot of ways to 2021 in, in the fact that there's just so few homes and so many buyers that it's just going to be difficult for home prices to ever go down. If anything, they're going to go up. And so another thing that I, that I see a lot of, a lot of people talk about this. Okay. So they look at, um, it's cheaper to rent now than it is to, to own a home. And if you just look at the payments, absolutely correct. Like today, right? Makes sense. Um, you also see those uh, posts on social media where they talk about, oh, um, if you were to buy a home and, you know, two years ago uh, for the same priced home, your payment would basically be half, right? Of what it is today. And so everyone's showing affordability is just not, not there. They are right. I totally agree with what they're saying. I understand the principle behind it. 
do not disagree there. Um, but again, if, if I'm looking long-term, here's what you need to think about. So if affordability has hit, you know, all time lows and, and I, I would not argue that. I don't think that there's a lot of room for growth like there was in 2021 where you see 20, 30% appreciation. That's not happening. And none, none of us are saying that's going to happen. I think we're going to see, you know, three to 5% growth, um, over, 2024, uh, which is a, it's a healthy number. That's kind of where it should be. Um, but yes, I agree with that. There's not room, but here's the thing. Here's where people, they don't take it all the way to the end, right? Like think it all the way through. So, okay. Affordability is bad. It's horrible where it is right now. So home prices, people then conclude need to go down 20%. Well, that would be a massive correction. And by the way, we've already gone over it. It's not going to happen. So, um, Mortgage rates will go down. That's going to help, obviously, but then they don't factor in. We've also seen a pretty solid increase over the last five years in income, right? So factor that in with affordability as well. Um, and the other thing I would say is compare, it's not apples to apples. So let's say that you have a hundred thousand dollar home. That payment, let's say it used to be a thousand. Let's just say your mortgage used to be a thousand bucks, right? Let's say that now it's gone up 40%. And, and it's now 1400, right? So that's a big number. Okay. Let's say you make 40,000 a year, right? You don't need to come up 40% in your income to make up the difference of the $400. You need to come up 10%. So that's the, that's the important. So that's much more feasible, right? Like I know that's not going to happen in a year necessarily, but affordability will come back and it will get to a point where there will be an equilibrium. But if anyone's thinking that it's going to be this massive, you know, crash, they're just wrong. And, and I, I feel very comfortable saying that without having to go out on a limb, just they're wrong. Um, and, and, and if, if they can show me the numbers, here's the thing. This is all based on, on the data. This is not me, Mike, personally saying like, this is how I feel. This is just after looking at all the numbers, all the data, like, this is what it's telling us. Another thing that we look at. So another important thing for people to do is you have to look at a lot of what the Fed does is they look at lagging indicators, meaning a lot of that data is a year old or six months old. So it's really hard to predict the future based off of data that's that old. So you have to look at forward-looking data. One of the things that does that for the real estate market is home price decreases. So when a, when a person puts a home on the market, even in 2021, we were seeing uh, price reductions. And that's just because people were listing their home for a million dollars when really it should only sell for 800,000, right? And so there's always gonna be those people, no matter what, every market, even the hottest market ever, there's there's gonna be you know price reductions, obviously. Um, but you look at that and you look at the trend. And so if you actually look at 2023, price reductions are down from 2022, like 4%. Then you start looking at the, at the data and for i think it peaked about a month ago when interest rates hit eight percent um that was like the peak level of of uh, price reductions ever since then and the mortgage rates have come down that number has has tanked right along with the mortgage rates so if mortgage rates continue to go down 
that number is going to continue to improve. When we see that happening, that is a forward-looking indicator. The market's actually going to be very strong moving forward. So it's something to pay attention to, and it will tell you typically four to six months ahead of time. So there's no excuse now for anyone listening to this. If you want to know like a crystal ball, more or less, this isn't a crystal ball. This is just, hey, this is the data telling us that this is going to occur and the chances, the the probability of it happening are very high. So keep that in mind with, um, uh, with, with that, uh, measurement. So, um, I think I'm just going through my notes here and I'm just pausing just to see if I've covered kind of all the things that have been all these, uh, interesting facts that I've been taking away. Um, Okay, a couple more things and I'm done. Um, something that you're going to see happening a lot more is uh, people that are forced to sell. So uh, we talked about the amount of appreciation and equity that Americans have, higher than it's ever been in history, right? People are sitting on a ton of money if they bought a home uh, years and years ago. Let's, you know, and and so... If you bought a home five years ago, you are sitting on a lot of money, like six figures, right? Worth of equity. So the pandemic happened. Everyone stopped buying stuff for a very short period of time. Then it started to open up. Then the government came in stimulus, right? They started cutting checks, giving Americans money. Then student loans stopped, right? They, they let that postpone. All of that happened. And so what happened with Americans went crazy. They just went on a binge, right? So now, and we all know that Americans love debt. So that's not a secret. So they were spending money right and left like crazy, right? So it was good for about a year and a half, two years. Well, interest rates went up and uh, things softened, job market tightened, all those things occurred. So do you think that people will stop spending at the levels they were spending a year, two years ago? Absolutely not. Like, just look at it. Like, it's human nature. We all know what happens. People keep spending money. They just put it on credit cards. So now credit cards are at, you know, some of the all-time highs. Uh, I think the average right now credit card is there's an $8,000 balance, which is about double what it was uh, when the pandemic hit and people were getting all their money and their savings is depleted. And so what does that mean? Uh, let's think about it here. So... Everyone talks about no one's going to sell their home if they have a 3% mortgage. Well, that might be true if that's the only debt that you have. That would absolutely be true. But then you start factoring in, well, how much is your student loan? What's that percentage? Oh, it's 7%. Okay. What is your credit card? Oh, it's 20%. Okay. What's your car loan? Okay. That is 8 9%. You look at the blended rate. And all of a sudden, the blended rate for their debt is not 3% like they're thinking about with their house. The blended rate is, let's say, 6.57%. So now we look at mortgage rates at 65 7%. doesn't look so bad. So what they do is they tap into all that equity that they're sitting on. And yes, their rate goes up from 3%, 6.5%, but they pay off all that bad debt, they get rid of that 20% interest rate, that 8%, 10% rate, whatever, all the bad debt that they have. 
And all of a sudden, they're actually saving each month hundreds of dollars more than what they were spending, even at that 3% interest rate on their home. So that's how this is going to ease things up. People, Americans especially, love debt. Love it, right? I mean, we can't get enough of it. So what that means is people don't want to change their spending habits. So they're just going to find ways to tap into more money. And so, yes, they're going to start selling their homes. It's not going to happen all at once, but it's going to happen. And that's going to be, in my opinion, how we're going to start seeing homes start hitting the market more and more is going to be, they're going to have smart mortgage professionals looking and talking to you about what is your blended rate. No longer focus on your interest rate. Look at your blended rate. All of a sudden, the conversation shifts and it makes sense all of a sudden to refinance or to sell your home and maybe rent. So um, just keep that in mind. I think that's going to be something that will come up quite a bit more. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's about everything that I have. And I, the last thing that I will say is it's important to understand that the housing market is cyclical. So what that means is over the next several months, everyone's going to say, Oh, pending or active inventory is increasing, which means, uh Oh, here we go. You know, it's going to happen. Keep in mind that the winter months, you know, holidays, it's the worst time for people to buy. Most people do not purchase homes during this time. So it takes longer to sell homes. Also keep in mind, we're working from an all-time low. And so, yes, you're going to see some increases over the next, let's say, 30, 60 days. Uh, Just understand, though, that it follows the school calendar. And so the minute that people start to think about moving is going to be right around that March time frame where they got to start looking to buy that home so that they can move at the uh, end of the school year, get their kids enrolled, get them ready to go. So just keep that in mind that by the time March comes around, probably February actually this year, it's going to be too late. If, if you have your eyes on a home and you're, and you really want to buy it, but you want to sit around and wait, uh, and you can still afford it today. You are going to be kicking yourself if you wait two, three months to buy that home. Cause first of all, it probably won't be there anymore. But, uh, if it is, you're going to now have to bid, uh, for that home with multiple other offers. And the housing market is going to go crazy for every 1% that the rates go down five million people, new buyers enter the market. Okay. So for every 1% mortgage rates go down, 5 million new home buyers enter the market. So if you hate lines, if you hate bidding wars, if you hate competing against people, if you hate prices increasing, uh, do not wait. I would highly recommend if, if you are looking at, you know, buying buy now. And this is something that we've been telling a lot of people, a lot of our investors now that are looking at, you know, that, for tax purposes or whatever the case may be, or they're, or they're wanting a rental property, I'm telling all of them, buy now. Um, because our prices will go up just along with everyone else. Um, and so highly recommend that. So that right there is all of the reasoning behind my market prediction that I gave two weeks ago. It's been fun to listen to all the new information that's come out really just in the past week and a half, two weeks. And uh, I am excited for next year. I think 2024 is going to be awesome uh, for a lot of reasons. I'm hoping that we'll get more inventory, but I just think it's going to be good for the uh, 
for the existing home sale market. It's had a rough couple of years, so I'm excited for that. The last thing that I do want to mention on the podcast today is this will be the last podcast that uh, will be the Real Powerhouse podcast. I am going back to the Rush to Fail podcast. And uh, I started off with that name, Rush to Fail podcast, because really the idea behind starting the podcast was talking about people's failures, being comfortable with sharing you know, some of the things that have just been bonehead decisions or just things in our lives that we look at as these massive failures that ended up becoming these huge victories and wins for us. Um, I love those stories. And I always have. I, I love learning from other people that are um, willing to take chances to fail, like the Kobe Bryant's, the Michael Jordan's, the you know incredible athletes that we love, the people that have just failed over and over and over, but persevered, got up, went through it, became better because of it. So it's always resonated with me. I changed the name because I wanted it to be a little bit more focused on real estate, and uh, you know what? It just hasn't felt right. So we are going back. Uh, to the Rust to Fail podcast. So um, I'm going to be changing the logo up again. And and anyone that knows me is probably not surprised. I know I do this, but really, I kind of had to feel it out to see how it felt. It just didn't feel right. So we're going back to the Rust to Fail podcast. Um, and that will be in the next like week or two that we're going to make that uh, transition over there. Um and then I also have a couple amazing guests coming on over the next two to three weeks that uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys will recognize them. Uh, they're, they're pretty amazing people. So um, always have awesome people on the show, but super excited to just bring on just incredible uh, people from all walks of life that, uh, that I get the opportunity to talk to them for a half hour, 45 minutes. So thanks for listening to the last episode of the Real Powerhouse podcast, which will soon become once again, the Rush to Fail podcast. I'm your host, BJ Gramillion, and hope you all have a wonderful rest of your year and a very eventful and exciting 2024. Thank you for making us a part of your day. I hope you feel more inspired to push through your short-term failures as you work on becoming a true powerhouse. If you enjoyed listening to the show and feel others would benefit from listening as well, please take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show and make sure to share the link with others. See you next week.